Meditator. Today we're talking about 2000s Ryue Kitamura directed versus 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 versus. Um, yeah, I had watched this movie when it first came out on DVD because it was a huge hit. Do you remember that website, Ain't It Cool News? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Ain't It Cool News really hyped this one up. I remember them hyping this movie, Blade 2, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And I think it was because Harry Knowles... I don't know if he... He definitely didn't have anything to do with verses, but, you know, these uh, they had these reviewers. There would be... Uh, there was Quint. There was Harry... There was like there was uh, Moriarty. There was like a zombie dude. I'm not sure if the zombie dude was Moriarty or not. But they all had these cartoons, and fuck it, you know they were all just like, you know they were fuck ugly in real life. You know what I mean? <laughs> they had these they had these cartoon avatars or whatever. I remember one time I saw Harry Knowles on a, he guested on Siskel and Ebert, right? And uh, I remember the first time I saw him, like the real him, I was like, oh Jesus Christ even worse than I thought but (laughs) uh yeah this versus has kind of a blade to feel to it it fits right in with that early 2000s wave when I was watching it I was taken right back to because it was the first time I saw it but I remember seeing that cover back in the day and like it alongside all of these other movies and it feels a lot in that same ilk the the trench coat era the trench coat and techno era yeah because this movie would have been getting made either directly it had to have been after the matrix because there's a matrix joke in it but that speaks to how fast these movies get made if the matrix came out in 99 i have to assume that it made its way to japan shortly thereafter this uh versus was released october 29th 2000 and they definitely have a Matrix joke in there. So oh, yeah. that's the production schedule of Japanese movies. <laughs> that, it's crazy how quick they are with that shit, too. Just to be like, oh yeah, we'll just lift this thing or nod at this thing that just came out. Yeah, and it's such a it's such a great joke, too. Because the guy goes like he's going into bullet time and then just gets blown up. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few of... The, there was also whenever... Um, uh, one of the Yakuza shoots the shotgun at at the boss who's immortal. He just grabs the buckshot and drops it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of the like, you know, hand slowing down the bullets and Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's a point where the hero puts on cool shades and everybody's like, nah, nah, bro, you're not, you're not pulling those off. <laughs> <laughs> Erica said it was really wrong uh, The shape of the shades She was like well that's kind of racist Because the shades were made All squinty eyed <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Japanese sunglasses These just two tiny thin little bars People are like come on Bro come on I can see That's what he <laughs> That's what he wears <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that cracks me. I wish I had like an Asian uh, brother-in-law or something, you know, somebody who I'm close to I could fuck with, you know. And like that's the Christmas present that I get him. It's like <laughs> is those slanty sunglasses. <laughs> you know, somebody who's not going to get like pissed off about it. That would be such a classic bit. I think that'd be most uh I think that'd be most Japanese people. Seems like they have a good sense of most humor. Most of them would probably just be like, uh, most of them would just be like, oh, thanks, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, these are tight. These look like the these ones in verses. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> specifically, they say, wow, thank you for these. This looks just like Ryu Kitamura's 2000 film Versus. It's like, wow, that's fucking crazy. You should mention that in such specific terms. Yeah. By the way, Kitamura, so versus and we'll get to why this is kind of funny but versus was his shoot to kind of mainstream success and uh 
he went on to do some interesting shit like uh well fucking we already we talked about origami on the uh steal everything episode um he did a one of the japanese uh a more modern telling of lupin the third and midnight meat train oh no way i love that movie it's a good movie but yeah it really no is. he really yeah, does surprisingly good it it seems like well now we know why it's a japanese movie it seems yeah. like he has a lot of uh american interests a little bit in the same vein as like how kojima takes a lot of western influence and uh it would make sense that they're buddies because yeah. Kitamura oh, also yeah Kitamura also directed the Twin Snakes video game no shit I didn't know that see I like when you bring the facts bro that's I, this might be a first but you know after 83 episodes <laughs> figure I might look a few things up it wouldn't hurt me to <laughs> it wouldn't kill me to get a little bit behind the scenes just read read wikipedia <laughs> just it wouldn't kill me to read wikipedia um and I'm since i'm doing that right it. now you want me to just read the whole th- no, i'm just kidding <laughs> well yeah uh do they have a good summary of the movie uh let's see so versus uh no this is a terrible summary in the film, right. okay, a nameless prisoner, a nameless female, and her Yakuza abductors fend off zombies in a forest that resurrects the dead, while the Yakuza's mysterious leader attempts to open a supernatural gate hidden within the forest and seize its dark power. Yeah, that's kind of right. They, they leave out, I mean, I guess when you're doing the boilerplate pitch, you have to, um, you know, pare it down. It's a forest that resurrects the... I mean, it is that. It's in typical uh, Japanese movie fashion. By the end of it, it's a a philosophical treatise on, you know, forever war and spirits that uh, get reincarnated as as good and bad and, you know, are constantly fighting and killing each other. I'll get to this later, but when I was done watching Versus, I thought, like, damn, this... It's like making me think about more philosophy and stuff than most philo- like philosophy puts me to sleep, dude. I mean, that's yeah. why I'm glad I'm glad that we know people who like reading philosophy and then can talk about like Barrett, right? Like Barrett can talk about it, and I'm like, oh, cool, right, right, right. Yeah, I like when he explains shit because I'm not. You're not gonna catch me sitting down to read like Baudrillard or Deleuze or any of that kind of stuff. I'm 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 good, dude. I'm straight. I've tried I've tried because it seems like you know it seems like you have to know some of that in order to make something cool like verses so and that's kind of like what I'd like to do is just inject that shit not even I've done it before where like characters will be talking about some shit but I'd really like to get on this level of where verses is just this wild fighting in the woods like batshit crazy low budget you know beat em up that ends with this like philosophical banger mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. the kind of sh- that's the kind of shit I'd like to make but you gotta kind of know philosophy I guess sometimes I open up Thousand Plateaus and just read a little bit of it I've never read the whole thing all the way through but you know i opened it up once and there was this quote that i wrote down and i wanted to use it in a book somewhere but it was like maybe i'll use it for wolf like me or something but it was something to the effect of the wolf becomes the anus and then the anus gives birth to another wolf and it goes on and on like that for a while and i was like see this is philosophy i can get into." (laughs) yeah (laughs) that ought to be the uh epigraph of wolf like me yeah yeah, just have it have nothing to do with the book, except that I thought it was cool. Yeah, and just having it there in the beginning gives it a kind of tone, you know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of things being put in the beginning, 
that don't really ever get explained. Um, so apparently in the extremely fast moving, the fast scrolling title card of this movie, there are 666 portals on earth that connect this world to the other side, which are concealed from human beings. However, there are some who are aware of their existence and are willing to locate and open the gates of the portals to obtain the power of darkness for their own use. Somewhere in Japan, there exists the 444th portal known as the Forest of Resurrection. That's kind of just shot out. I, I rewinded like twice at the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the rate that it's just shot out and then you get into the movie yeah. and you're like, yeah, none of that is ever in here. They just assume you no. read it, and then they just get going. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the the, it's a cool hook because it gets you into it. When I read that, I thought, okay, this is gonna be a banger, right? And then you're right; it doesn't ever come back in, but it does just kind of, it gives you a kind of vague notion that the characters have goals, right? Um, yeah. And I liked that, that it's like, you know, we just want these characters to do shit, and we don't want to explain anything, so here's what they're doing, (laughs) we're just going to tell you in the very beginning, and then we're just going to punch people's faces out for the rest of the the two hours that we're going to be spending in this forest. (laughs) There's some really good face punching, like, like punching holes through people's heads. There's that great shot of, like, the camera inside, somebody's punched out head and you can see some teeth yeah that's the the dude with the uh that's the dude with the glasses the crazy glasses Mm -hmm. that he that he steals uh he's got those crazy ass eyebrows and the red hair Mm -hmm. that guy was freaky looking but yeah immortal dude punches through his face and we get that inside with the teeth shot and and him pull it like uh immortal dude has his eyeballs stuck between his fingers and he keeps trying to like Mm flick them off and then they come off all stringy and shit (laughs) yeah there's some great gags in this i like that it starts off with this prisoner character i think that it's a it's always a good idea to have just a a guy in a jumpsuit and you don't have to explain why he's there but you know he's breaking out because it's kind of this great almost birthing story you know it's like oh yeah he's been inside forever and now he's out he's in nature and he's about to he's about to metaphorically break through again and again and again he's gonna get some new clothes he's gonna get a badass sword with a knife on the end my only gripe in the movie is he never uses that blade on the hilt Mm -hmm. for anything uh but so yeah, so he, t- he takes this this woman who's there, and the yakas are all saying, "Look, we gotta wait for the boss. Once the boss gets here, the boss wants the girl and the guy. Uh, we have to chill." I don't think the boss ever shows up because the yakas don't look like they know the big bad guy at all because he kills them. Um, if I miss something, let me know. Did he ever show up? Did the man I... show up? So. I thought that, yeah, that's the, he's the immortal dude. Like, he's, he's the, the... But why is he killing him? Um, let's see what Wikipedia says about this. How do they explain this? They, uh... Because they're like, hey, boss, and then he's, like, punching holes through their face. <laughs> Man, I or maybe he's I don't like, do him. they call do they call him the boss or the man? Maybe it's just a guy who hired them or something like that. Maybe that's what I'm missing. Maybe I wasn't supposed to take that it was their boss. It was like a dude who, you know, wanted. I think to he gets gradually more frustrated with them. Mm. Like he's angry that they lost the prisoner and the girl. Yeah, because right, they even talk about that when he shows up. He's and they're like. Yeah, we lost them. And then... Oh, okay. I must have missed that for some reason. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I black out when I'm watching movies. And I just go to a different place. 
Sometimes. Sometimes I was molested while I was watching movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was one thing. So I watched this with uh, with Phoenix, our seven week old, and um, mm-hmm. and Erica, and a little preemptive like disclosure I had to give was that there's no rape in this movie. Right. I was like, right. okay, you, okay. You have to do that. Yeah, you have yeah. to do that. I have to do that with Rios too. I'm like, because sometimes, because she's told me before, she's like, I'm actually, she's like, I'm genuinely interested in Itchy the Killer, but like, I don't want to watch those parts. And I was like, I can fast forward them if you want. And she's like, no, because not. It's like the movie kind of like just freaks her out, but she's, she, you know, she sees the poster in the room and hears me talking about it all the time. And she's seen like screenshots from it and obviously it looks colorful. And I told her that, you know, Kakihara is a queer icon and all this stuff that gets her hyped for the movie. And she's just like, she's like, okay, so how bad is it? I'm like, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was telling Erica about that too, because recently I was like, when we were getting back into it, I was like, I kind of want to show you Itchy. I mean, it's my favorite movie of all time. But then there's a part of me that's like, you're not going to like this. Like, yeah. elements. Yeah. Just those sure. scenes. Just those scenes, man. You know, I think but... it's just those. I think I think Rios could tough it out through most of the gore. And even, like, some of just, like, the weird, uh, grungy kind of thematic shit that's in it, you know? I think she could... I think it would be the nipple slicing... And the two rape scenes that would just be the end of it. You know? What was the? Well, she wouldn't get through the first one. She wouldn't get through the first one. What was the second one? Oh, no, the first ones. <laughs> yeah, the first ones were rough. Uh, well, I guess the second one's not really that. It's when Itchy like interrupts. You know. Um, oh yeah. But it's just it's basically the vibe of Itchy is so just kind of like sleazy. I mean, we talked about it when we when we uh, did the the manga versus movie episode. I mean, the whole movie kind of feels like it's assaulting you as you're watching it. So I was just like, I get that. I'll just explain it to you, and you can look at pictures of the movie. Yeah, and make it up in your head. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best way to go about that. Here's yeah. all the prettiest. Here's you know the beautiful shots. Here's what happens. Mm-hmm. You can. Mm-hmm imagine your own version yeah. uh the music the music in verses is fucking incredible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my man nobuhiko marino went off yeah soundtrack's fantastic it's the same dude who did uh origami oh nice nice that's the best part of that movie too yeah, yeah, it makes a lot another like let's fight to this like techno rock and roll soundtrack. Shit. Give me one sec. Apparently they are um uh frequent collaborators, Kitamura and Marino. They uh they went to the same high school. Not together though. Kitamura actually dropped out at the age of 17 to move to Australia and study film. When I found out that fact, I was like halfway going, oh, oh, shit, what do you do? What do you do? And then it said <laughs> to move to Australia and study film. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well. Yeah, I don't understand that. It's like, I don't know. Why would you do, like, why would you do that? Why Australia? That's like going to fucking... Uh, you know Milwaukee to learn how to be a fucking chef. You know? yeah, yeah. Shout out, to, shout out Milwaukee, but you know it's just not known as a food city. It's uh, you know beer. Hey, you guys are unmatched. But but food. I mean, does it does it pop up? Watch it be like somebody's gonna send me a message and like actually Milwaukee was named one of the up and coming culinary delights of America, and then I'll have to be like you know well I have a. I have a culinary delight for you. And it's called my penis, which you can eat. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that this reminds me of um, in the Discord, uh, somebody was, I don't want to name anybody. Uh, I'm following the Rare Candy 
strategy on this. Like, don't name anybody in case they don't want you to do that. Um, and then they'll stop paying a, you and be like, yeah. you destroyed my life. Now I didn't want to be publicly affiliated with you. That's why I never dox our patrons because they've be- our patrons became vocal or our fans, I guess, became vocal when they became our patrons. And it was like paywalled comments. Yeah. Uh, right. We've always had trouble understanding why people listen, what they like about it. Nobody would talk about it. And besides, you know fucking the people whose podcasts we go on or whatever mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah so I, I'm, I'm always like okay I kind of get the idea that you don't want me to say your name <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so this this guy he says uh, you know he's making a movie and he's got this idea and of course I'm gonna think it's a cool idea because I like stuff that's weird and off and he was like what if the sound was just really sort of primitive sound like if everything looks slick but the sound was fucked up now i think that's a cool idea conceptually but something that jordan harper told me once was that sound is literally the only important thing in a movie right he says you can do anything else your camera can be shitty uh you can like not understand how to properly block your actors or uh the actors don't know how to act the colors can be all like wonky and stuff but you can't mess up your language because i guess it's something with people like the the sound like sound messes with people so you'll notice um david lynch movies are always impeccably sound designed like gaspar no itchy the killer is another great example oh yeah right Mm -hmm. Of of a movie that's that's got really good sound design and so the point that I'm making with verses, though, is that if you link up with like a good sound team, and I think this this might be a, this might be a key. I'm not a filmmaker, so I could, you know, I could be talking out of my ass, but it feels like if you link up with a good sound team, you're you could just go make a movie. You pretty much do anything you want if you've got like people who know their shit, who are recording everything and know how the the boom mics work, and then you've got another dude who's like the guy who did the Doom soundtrack, Mick uh, Gordon. Like he made that game, you know. Like Doom's a great game. I'm sure hundreds of people worked on it, but his soundtrack is what makes the game work. Yeah, so, yeah, hundred percent. So it's weird. It's just weird. I guess what I'm saying is it's weird that movies are thought of so much as a visual medium, and they are. But the most vital thing might be uh, good sound. Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree with that, and it it uh. I remember seeing that in the Discord, and I was gonna comment that like, cause wasn't it something to do with syncing, like was having trouble syncing the sound or something like that, something like that. I can't remember exactly. It was a cool idea, right? Uh, I'm not saying it's oh the 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 lead guy from this was in Love Exposure. Was he? Yeah, Tak Sakaguchi. He was in... Yeah. Yeah, apparently he was in Love Exposure. He definitely wasn't the main guy. uh, No. But he's in... uh, What else has he been in that we've seen? This is what people come to the show for. Oh, obviously he's in in Aragon. Bro, I've listened to podcasts that make $60,000 a month, and they, they read Reddit to each other. That's no, <laughs> no, I actually, I actually uh, have a lot of fun listening to some shit. I've been, um, shout out, shout out, friend of the show, Low Res, and Hans. We, uh, I've been listening to a lot of movies lately. They're fucking, mm-hmm. those guys are fucking funny. It's a great show. It's a great show. I noticed the the bad guy in this. Oh, they're both in Aragami. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, the the two leads in this are also in Aragami. He's got a cameo in Tokyo Gore Police too. It just says cameo. Right. The bad guy's also in Juon the Grudge, and what else would I have seen? There are so many. He's in a movie called Dark Love Rape. Oh well, that might be the one where he got uh, called out for being a rapist. <laughs> it looks like he's in a lot of uh he's in this one called 
Uh, Girl's Blood, which looks like it's some kind of porno. Type uh, thing. Again, I'm wondering what encouraged, what possibly could have inspired his rape spree. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> his, his notorious... His notorious <laughs> rape spree. Uh, when I heard about that, oh, I was just like, I don't know who that is, but that sounds bad. Sounds bad. Sounds bad. And then I was watching that movie, this movie, and I was like, oh, this guy? No, oh, it couldn't be him. Couldn't be him. Couldn't Let's be see, him. Chieko Misaka, the lead female, also notorious for her rape spree. Um... She was in two movies, Versus, and then 17 years later, she was in a movie called Da 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 17. So, did not exactly have a banger career. After 17 that. years later, she was in a movie called 17? Yep. yep. <laughs> it's a movie about the, the years she spent not being in movies. Yep, yep, precisely. Uh, let's see, the guy who... It looks like the, the, the one Yakuza who's a, like turns into a weird spider monkey at the end. The guy with the colorful Joker suit. Um, <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, he's... Wow, you know what's kind of crazy, though? Like I kind of expected these characters, these, these actors to go on and, and, and do more because they're all so good in this movie. Uh, doesn't look like... I mean... So there's a Japanese film market, obviously, that's outside the purview of the Agitator podcast because we don't speak Japanese. Um, so, I mean, I could be talking shit. You know, I'm looking at this guy's bibliography. It looks like he's done, like, 30 movies. And I'm like, oh, well, looks like he... Nothing I heard of. <laughs> but, I mean, over there, he could be perfect. I mean, he's They're in a like, couple of common writer stuff. Where are you talking uh, about? Borioku Muso is one of the biggest... Film right. since Koinohaka. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's no Yo-Yo Girl Cup, but, you know, okay. <laughs> a lot of these people were in a movie called Godzilla Final Wars. Is this another Kitamura? It is, yeah. Kitamura did a Godzilla film, and almost all these people. He brought them all it. back. Except, except for the girl, because of the rape spree, probably. Right, that right, right. her career. yeah. Yeah, her notorious rape spree. They're supposed to be shooting a versus two. Uh, principal photography was set to begin in two thousand five. So any <laughs> any day now. I was just thinking about uh, the lead girl in this movie gone a rape spree and how she like catches people and she just like traps them in her overbite so they can't escape. <laughs> She did, yeah. She did have a crazy overbite. There's some pretty crazy faces in this movie. Yeah, and it's like this Minoru Matsumoto guy. He's the dude. He's been in about a dozen movies. He's the the crazy the crazy guy who keeps surviving. Who's one of my favorite character archetypes in movies. Just the dude who just runs from scene to scene, screaming. Yeah, just runs, runs around. around. <laughs> but he had a crazy face. I would have thought he would have been in a Miike movie. Or something. I mean, he'd fit right in. Uh, but he wasn't. Nope. Huh. Nope. He's been in. He was in this movie, and I recognize none of the other ones. Wild Seven, which Japanese title is Wairudo Seven. Those Japanese titles are just them trying to pronounce English. I, I find it very charming. It's good. Especially when it's got L's and R's because, uh, you know. Yeah, that's fun. That's all fun. Yeah, it's, it's always fun. But, all right. So the movie, um, which we've been talking about the movie, to be fair. We have. Um, so this movie rocks. 10 out of 10. Beautiful film. When I first watched it, though, I was probably 16 or 17. When was 2000? How old was I in 2000? I was... I would have been... Um, 13 when this movie came out. And so I probably watched it when I was 14 or 15. And uh, I remember being like, nah. Nah. And I think it was because when I was in that phase... Like, that was the phase I was going through where I think I, w I was looking for very... Uh, 
slickly produced movies, you know? Because, like, Fight Club was my favorite movie. So I'd watch something like this, and I'd be like, ah, cheap, right? And I also really fucked with, like, all the John Woo movies, like Better Tomorrow and Hard Boiled, which are... You can't you can't compare other action movies to those movies because no. No. those those fight scenes are just like untouchable. You know what I mean? So like I was very judgy and I wasn't I didn't have the the film literacy that I have today because you know, now that you and I are professional critics and well respected in the world of Japanese cinema, um, our t- our palettes have have evolved. You know what I mean? But so I went into this movie watching it, kind of just remembering what I had thought of it 22 years ago, and uh, yeah, I was fucking wrong, dude. I was fucking dumb. You were so wrong. You were so wrong. On the quick. That's enough. That's enough. John Woo. (laughs) 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 On the quick John Woo tip. Uh, mm-hmm. since we're a Japanese podcast and don't often get to bring up the goat of mm-hmm. Hong Kong mm-hmm. you this was in your like absent area from video games but there was a John mm-hmm. Woo sequel to those movies that was released as a video game starring which one's better, uh, the better tomorrow uh, I think hard boiled oh, 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 oh yeah oh, oh, it was okay. a sequel to hard boiled that was released on the PS3 and 360 and that era console games. Uh, it was called Stranglehold. And was it kind of like a Max Payne type joint? Oh, it was so badass. It was like you could jump around, swing from banisters. You could like, you had unlimited ammo on every single weapon because that's how it is in the film. It's like, you know, he's he never runs out of ammo what the fuck so you just have yeah. unlimited ammo throughout the game rocket launchers oh, yeah. everything yeah you get to like yes. fly in a helicopter and just totally destroy a yak or well not uh, like a triad uh headquarters mm-hmm. with a gatling gun um you can go into a dove mode like slow like once you get your special meter built up or whatever you can like slow down time and doves fly around and then you can aim real quick while everybody else is moving slow it was badass it was a really good game this up on youtube oh i remember the poster to this here i'm gonna play the full walkthrough while we talk <laughs> just watch the full walkthrough stranglehold Oh. oh, let's go. Oh, shit. Alright, let's get to the action. Alright, so anyway, so versus. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I'm looking at it too, and I'm like, damn, this game is so badass. Dude, right now he's on a rolling table in like a meat market with a bunch of yeah things. i remember that exact fucking part oh my god that game is so fun dude i want to play this can you See, play ps3 games on the modern like can you just put a ps3 game into i mean bro this this is a point of contention that fella talks about a lot and uh that has really when i first got my playstation plus membership there were so many the games that you, you could stream them, right? Like, you couldn't download them, but you could stream them. So I played, like, Metal Gear 4, uh, a bunch of, like, Siphon filters and shit like that. Ooh, what did he do? He blew something up there. Fuck, dude, this game is gory, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but you could stream all this shit, and uh, they did something very recently. Like, they took all those games down. So... The short answer is I might have been able to play this six months ago, but it's gone now. No. You know, the, the perils of streaming. Oh, he's in a movie theater now? Looks like Vin Diesel on this movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the Fast and the Furious, basically. Like, holy shit. <coughs> this, bro, this game is wild. It's I'll crazy. It's crazy. And if Sony is listening... Uh, quit tripping. 
Like we need yeah, these. Rig stranglehold back. We need these PS3. Oh, games. it is Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel in the Wheelman. So they must have. Yeah, I remember that. that game that's too. a game too. Yeah. <coughs> so it was a trailer for the game that's in this movie theater. So there's some obvious Max Payne influences here, but it looks much more like an arcade shoot 'em up. Um, man, this shit is tight. The graphics are pretty damn good too. Yeah, I remember it was one of those where I was like. Damn the the PS3 goes crazy. I thought there was just some like, you know how Asians don't care about intellectual property. I thought I was just watching like a, a very clear. <laughs> they just they just had Fast and the Furious <laughs> playing in the theater. <laughs> oh, you are in a standout. You have to take out the guy. Okay. Well, you just took him the fuck out. Asians just don't believe in waiting. <coughs> oh, you know. now he's doing like bullet time. He's like leaning away from bullets. Mm hmm. This yeah. Game is amazing, yeah, there's bullet dude. time. Oh, it's one of the fucking most amazing games I've ever played. Dude, I feel like I would have a blast playing this. I think my son would like this too. He liked Max Payne. <laughs> he, like, every time I could kill, he'd be like, oh no. <laughs> and then I would, he... uh, you know, sometimes Rails would come out and be like, are you playing Doom with him again? I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. He doesn't. He just thinks it's cool. He doesn't know what's going on. Like he doesn't know that I'm. I just got my head ripped off. What if he did though? What if he's like, I, I don't know what's going on, and I, was, I, and I fucking, I, I love the violence. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm I was wondering that with a uh, Phoenix watching versus because he's seven weeks old and he was like punching and kicking, like watching the screen and like punching and kicking yeah. and getting all excited the whole movie. I was yeah. like, you can see what's. Like, are you registering what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm not even sure if he can... Well, okay, so they can't tell the difference between... Like, he doesn't know that you're a different person than he is, right? I think they, they just see everything as one continued... Well, it's I mean, it's the, like the way that we'd all see things if we didn't learn how to function in society, you know? Um, so yeah, maybe he thought... Maybe he was just, like, mimicking... He thought he was fucking... Uh, prisoner SC25 whatever the fuck right. right oh man that's a totally different way of understanding how like cause when you when you're a parent especially of an infant you can feel like babies are incredibly self absorbed but in their heads they actually think they're doing everything for themselves yeah exactly like there's no real there's no real difference like where you end and a baby begins is non-existent to them like Gus is just now uh, getting out of that phase and I, it's weird seeing him become not sentient but whatever the word for that is aware I guess just aware that he's a different person it's fucking weird maybe that's why we can never remember back to then because mm -hmm. we just couldn't comprehend that that method of taking in the taking in the world it's like when you do DMT or something and you come back and you're like I know everything and you're like okay explain it it's like well I can't dude when I did DMT I'll never forget this I came out of it and my buddy did it at the same time <clears throat> and so we'd both just been like on a journey we've been visiting the the machine elves the praying mantis people the the gnomes whatever and I just remember that uh, oh he's gonna shoot he shot this guy in the dick and it's actually it actually plays a cutscene of the dude holding his junk like oh no my mom he's doing it again shot him in the dick again <laughs> that's raw bro that was raw um but I remember I came back from uh from that and my buddy looks over at me and he goes he goes a Mexican family gave me apples and I'm like hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> So Versus had a budget of $10,000. No, really? Yeah. 10000 See, bro, okay. I don't want to go too far into a rant about this because we've talked about it on the show before. And um, every time I say this, somebody tells me I don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. People have to be paid and fed. And it's like, okay, bring a sandwich. Like the fuck why do i have to feed all these fucking people like, do you want to be in a fucking movie or not i'm shooting a movie not opening a restaurant jesus christ yeah exactly thank you um 
But like, okay, so he made verses for 10,000. It looks great. The fight choreography is incredible. Like, it's really good. Fucking like, insane. These guys are going. These guys are going fast. They're, you know, they look like they're about to hit each other. It's 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 visceral. Um, the blood and gore effects are just like stupidly good. That's where all um, the money went. The reason none of these I people so, are yeah. actors is because they premiered in this movie and they were like, "Wow, actors don't make shit." And they were like, we're not pursuing film because yeah, they were all paid a total of zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, if I was gonna say like maybe five hundred bills, but even that, you know, it's impossible, right? Like if your budget's ten thousand dollars, bro, your leads are making a hundred bucks. Yeah, because you have like shit blowing up. You have insane practical effect, like crazy ass practical effects of people's bodies being blown open, punched mm-hmm. through, blood mm-hmm. squirt, like just gallons and gallons of blood. Yeah. There's costumes. There's uh, obviously lots of prop guns. Um, there's not multiple, like, so the, the smart thing that they do. Uh, and you'll notice stuff like Evil Dead does this or whatever. It's like one location, you know. Go go to a forest, get permission or don't. Who cares? To shoot your movie, and uh, you ha- you just if you go shoot in a forest, you've got a ready-made set right there for that that God made you. Yeah. You know, God yeah. is your set designer. Yeah. The nature was created by God with the idea that one day we would be making movies on ten thousand dollar budgets. <laughs> It's like, oh, Almighty Creator, you're—it's so beautiful. Like, why did why did you make something this gorgeous? And he's like, in the year two thousand, Ryuhei Kitamura is going to make verses, and it is going to slap. So, just trust me on this one. It's like, but sir, people are killing themselves by the thousands in this forest. He's like, in two thousand, Ryuhei Kitamura is going to make verses, and it's going to slap. So. God doesn't repeat himself three times or twice there, I mean there's just there's war and calamity and people are you know tearing each other apart looking for answers and it's just this endless battle and God's like yeah the 2000 film verses touches on this theme if you would pay attention yo stranglehold thank you for telling me about this game this shit is incredible like I'm being blown away. You, I'm like barely yeah. paying attention to the podcast. At right least now. gotta, at least gotta do what you're doing and watch the walkthrough. Cause mm-hmm. fuck, man, if I'd have known, I don't even know what kids now are gonna have to hold on to. Like, to, cause yeah. less and less analog shit even comes out at all. Right. But I'd right. have held on to everything I ever owned if, Same, like, dude. if I, I knew too, it was just all gonna go away. My shit got blown away in a tornado, so. Um, did I tell you I went to go visit that storage unit with all my stuff? No, no, you didn't fill us in on what you what happened when you all got there. Yeah, yeah. So I got there because I was just I was just gonna take my stuff out. On the twenty seventh of February, there was a big ass tornado about a mile wide, and I was watching it on the news. And where it touched down on the radar, I was like, "Huh, that's where my storage unit is." Well, hope everything's okay. Uh, so I, I went down there to, to ostensibly to get my shit out of storage and, uh, <laughs> everything's just in a pile. Like the, the buildings have been destroyed. They're covered in blue tarps and, uh, oh, he is swinging from a, sh- he's swinging from the chandelier shooting people. God damn. Badass. So I get there and it, like, they basically just put everything into a huge pile. There's boxes and stuffed animals and clothes and electronics and it's in what looks like a big bonfire pile. Um, so I think my stuff is toast. But hopefully I get some kind of payout. Although I was talking to my buddy who's like, nah, G. Like, he's like, you're not getting shit. <laughs> damn. Like, well, damn. Hope, hope, maybe, do you think I could maybe get a refund on this month? And he's like, if it was me, no, you wouldn't get the refund on the month. I told you, I told you we gotta start a we gotta start a GoFundMe for your. Uh... I should start a Go GoFundMe for all my Ninja Turtles toys and comic books that got yeah. blown away. 
probably mm-hmm. a lot of memories in there too. You know, you just you put stuff in storage and you. Forget All that about shit it, is but priceless, but you I was know, gonna give it to my son. The family heirlooms. It was yeah. a future that was destroyed, really. If Not just a past, yeah. but a future. It was in <laughs> lives. Lives were lost in this tornado. And I, you can't I put a it. price on lives, but if you could... It'd probably be about $100,000. So if, you know, somebody can whip up that GoFundMe for uh, <laughs> James David Osborne is trying to raise $100,000 to... <laughs> Build back the life that was taken from <laughs> that was taken from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my precious heirlooms are all gone. Yeah, no, it's hard. like I was talking to my father-in-law about this, and I saw the destruction, and I was like, "Oh shit!" You think I'll get a payout? And he looks at me like I'm crazy. He's like, "All your stuff is very probably gone." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "That doesn't bother you?" And I said. I mean, no. Should it? Is that supposed to bother me? I don't know. I mean, it but. was in, it was in storage. You know, we used to have a. This might be a symptom of losing the analog. Uh, mm-hmm. Like losing any kind of tether to analog mediums and culture is that physical objects, just in general, don't have they don't possess the same sentimental quality anymore right right that's a really good point actually maybe i should feel bad i'm not going to but i see your point we're in the but... I'm, I'm just saying it would make sense that you don't because we're in the mm-hmm. we're in the era of like air oh you're right we are in the age of air that's true isn't that true or are we in the age of water no we're in the age of air um, I think that when it comes to stuff, it has always been my personal, you know, when I hear people, you know, like the, um, uh, Scott, right? Crime hater. Um, when he talks about buying CDs and stuff, like, I think all that shit's really cool. But for me, I don't know, dude. I mentioned Fight Club earlier in the episode, and maybe that shit infected my brain. But whenever they said, you know, the things you own end up owning you. That just kind of like wormed its way into my brain, I think. And I've just, I've never been attached to stuff. You know? I have stuff. I like my stuff. But if my stuff, uh, I don't like it when my stuff gets stolen. That bothers me. But if my stuff, you know, if it burns or blows away in a tornado, I'm just like, oh, okay. R.I.P. Watch me find out. It's like, oh yeah, you had a one of those Sega Saturn games you had is worth, you know, three thousand dollars. I'm like, God, fucking damn it. I'm always kind of looking around to see if I have something crazy like that that I just don't know about. And so far, no. But I got excited when a uh, Pepe Le Pew got canceled because I was like, oh hell yeah, I have a Pepe Le Pew like one of those like dollar bin walmart dvds right that's just like mm-hmm. looney tunes classic starring pepe Le Pew. and uh whenever all that <laughs> shit was going down and people were getting mad i was like oh fuck yeah it's time to cash out and ebay was like going for five dollars i was like you fucking kidding yeah. me yeah i thought that with one of my sega saturn games with uh, shining the holy ark because i was reading everywhere about how rare it was and then i looked it up and it is rare, but not that rare. So it's like 150 bucks. Still pretty good. I mean, could still sell that shit on eBay, make 150. But but anyway, um, I wanted to talk. Uh, just if people haven't seen Versus, you should go watch it. It's a really fantastic movie. Um, as we mentioned, it's very well choreographed. It's really funny that the the trick of the movie is that. The hero, the prisoner, and the boss, the guy who's looking for him, are essentially these people who keep getting reincarnated and just sent to kill each other by cosmic forces. Right, it's their destiny to fight each other. To fight each other, right? And every time they get reincarnated, like you think of the bad guy as the bad guy. I I thought that it did some really interesting things with perspective in that regard, where... When the movie was over, I was like, wait, why did I think this dude was the bad guy? 
I mean, the hero is like punching the girl over and over again. Right. And, he starts off as a know, prisoner. He's a prisoner and then punches women. The cares, other people like, in the woods nobody. are yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're just you're with him because you think like, oh, this is the cool. He's the guy on the cover. You know, he's got the sword. He looks badass. That's obviously the hero. And then uh, the like the twist of the movie obviously is that these two meet up again in twenty ninety nine or some shit, and it's like a cyberpunk future, and the girl's like, I should have gone with you, you know, to the bad guy. She's like, I made a terrible mistake, because yeah, the guy we've been following has been you know the villain the whole time. But there's this idea that they switch places each time they get reincarnated. And, and I thought. At one point, <laughs> That was hilarious too. How like um the there's a running joke of like, I guess it's not a running joke. It's like little you think it's like a seed of a tease of plot you're gonna unravel later on. Where she keeps asking, "What were you in prison for?" And he's like, ah, "Who can remember such things?" <laughs> and just yeah. goes on. He's like, "Ah fuck him. Why do you ask so many questions?" And then uh he like fucking destroys the world with like i wonder if like kind of going on a psychotic rampage is why he was in prison to begin with yeah yeah exactly his inability to control his impulses because yeah anytime he needs to do something and he doesn't need to take the girl with him he just like bonks her on the head which is really funny it's a good gag but you know you're kind of in like full-on just like action movie misogyny but you're like oh yeah that's a good bit that he's just like punching the broad and he like the end makes you think about it for a second you're like oh wait yeah that's kind of a weird thing to do instead of like you know asking her to just wait there like hey hide behind a tree well in the very beginning standoff scene whenever the prisoners come out of the woods and the yakuza roll up and they've got the girl there he's like i'm a feminist <laughs> yeah Oh, right. That was such a great bit. He's like, I don't like that you have her because... Um, which presaged the uh, the male feminist trend of our day, right? Whereas, like, I think pretty much everybody knows by now that if you identify as a male feminist and, and do that simpy shit, that you're actually a rapist. 100%. We all know that by now. 10 of 10. True. Yeah, true 10, yeah, 10 out yeah. of 10 times. Yeah, which means like you know you don't have to be the opposite. You don't have to be like a total dick or anything like that. But if if you're this kind of like oh, uh, did you say something uh, like that person's gonna fucking rape you? That's why argue and fucking rape you. Agitator is a uh, a female safe haven because bitch, we don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Surprising amount of female fans. I think we have like three, which is three more than I thought we would have. Paying. Um, Paying. <laughs> Paying, yeah. So, yeah exactly. Uh, I kind of freaked out for a second when I saw some of the names on there. I was like, is somebody using their wife's credit card or what's going on? <laughs> I mean, maybe. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Money's money. But, uh, but no, I thought that like the, the philosophical shit, when I, when I got to the end of it, that uh, really started making me think was this kind of, you know, these echoes of past lives and the idea that you are uh, at times cursed and at times blessed to just repeat the same cycle over and over again every time you're born and uh, the way that that reincarnation element in the plot was was pushed in I thought was fucking brilliant because like for real dude like I turned the movie off I was thinking about that shit and I don't really think about movies that much yeah and it part of it is just that the kind of level of play where you're just having you're just having a good time because i guess you would like sort of equivalent to reflecting on summer camp or something like the things i learned but when you're there you're just fucking going down the water slide and uh Beating Ooh, I like that. kids yeah. up in the shower or whatever the hell you do at summer camp and you know trying I, mean, to... I got I got a lot of pussy I got so much pussy when I was like 8 or 9 I was just <laughs> crushing out there just crushing 
<laughs> but you know, you reflect on all the lessons you learned whenever you leave. And uh, so Versus is kind of that. Versus is a summer camp movie. Yeah, there's just some great bits in there too. I mean, so they are in a forest where when people die, they get resurrected. Uh, oh yeah, it's a zombie movie. <coughs> they're they're zombies, but like the rules aren't clear as to what actually kills. Which I'm beginning to, bro. I'm beginning to really like movies where the the rules sort of make intuitive sense, but they don't have to. They don't have to always fit. You know what I mean? Something that kills one zombie doesn't kill another zombie, right? They're 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 shown yeah. that like people will like shoot them and they don't die, but then sometimes they shoot them and they do die, and it's just kind of like I mean I don't know, like what's the most fun way we can do this? Exactly. Yeah, the most fun way. That's what kind of ruins. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people get hung up. Like a lot of writers seem to get hung up on they forget that you're just making shit up like bro mm-hmm. you're playing pretend you're playing mm-hmm. make-believe stop being so anal about this shit like mm-hmm. that's why uh that's why i don't really care for western sci-fi or like the harder sci-fi stuff because it's all like i watched the peripheral thing oh cool some hillbilly cyberpunk i just ri- i just dropped mercy and then you've got peripheral coming out and mm-hmm. i'm like so the movie is about how the tech works who the fuck cares yeah like mercy is like 10x the peripheral a hundred percent oh yeah yeah it's so much better <laughs> yeah and it's just i mean what an inspiration dude ten thousand dollars they made this thing it's a lot of fun it's incredibly well shot it's obviously inspired by sam raimi it's got a very evil dead feel to it but with the martial arts and gunplay that we come to expect from from movies like this again only complaint he never used that hilt blade if he used the hilt blade it would be an 11 out of 10 yeah oh we didn't even bring up the fucking some of the best characters are Mm -hmm. the uh the random uh they're the guys who are transporting the prisoners at one point way into the movie we flash to the van that the prisoners escaped oh, from. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the guys come out. It's, like, overturned and shit. And the guys crawl out of there all beat up. And, of course, one of them's missing a hand. And he just goes yeah. about not covering that shit up or anything and using his uh, fucking his wrist bone to punch mm-hmm. people in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Those guys were, were some really great Abbott and Costello-style humor... Yeah, it was great, and more movies should have that. Just comic relief for no fucking reason. The guy who's not missing an arm is always going on about what a master of all martial arts he is, and he looks like a complete dork. Yeah, he, he looks like kind of, Chinese he, he Hitler. He is a master. He is also kind of a master of fighting, you know? Like, he's a, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, those guys were great. Um, all the Yakuza were great. They all had their own personalities. Um their own style the style in this movie is incredible it's very late 90s uh again matrix inspired type shit but there's some really good uh there's some good outfits in this some good hair too everybody's hair is on point in this movie yeah great hair i'm just gonna take like this cast list to the to the barber next time i go and be like so any of these basically will do yeah, just make, make me look like I'm in the film versus. Um, very well marketed movie. I, it seems maybe unimportant, but how iconic that cover image is of the prisoner with his back turned, the katana over his shoulder, which he does a lot in the movie too, kind of taps it against his shoulder. Some great little clink, clink, clink sound effects. But like him, like the stark white cover with him in that purple jacket with the fucking uh with the sword over his shoulder and the uh see have a gu- he has a gun too yeah 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 gun. it's just such a cool image i mean like if you have something like that that's that good uh i have to think that that has some kind of cachet with with creating a, a legendary film you gotta have a, a good image yeah 
Yeah, there was, I mean, the 90s were fucking full of that too because video stores were still a thing. So mm-hmm. they cared about people seeing the posters in the windows yeah, and being like, damn, yeah, that looks art, tight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you walk past that cover and not pick the movie up? Like, you see that cover, you see a blurb that says it's like a, a Yakuza kung fu shoot 'em up with zombies. It's like, that is getting rented for sure. 100%. It, uh,. You mentioned the tapping, uh, the tapping the sword. It made me think of whenever um, there's that scene where Sakaguchi puts a, a pistol in his mouth, uh-huh. and initially Kitamura uh, wanted him to rack the. Well, he did. He called for him to rack the slide with his teeth, and when he tried to do that, he broke a tooth. Mm. But luckily, one of the zombies was played by a dentist and fixed it for him. Bro, you've got so many fun facts this episode. I'm just you showed up to work tonight. I showed up. It's crazy because this has not been a uh, uh, an on an on point week for me. Dude. Maybe that's you though, dude. Maybe you need chaos. I need to, to chaos thrive. to function. That's when I thrive. Is in the midst of chaos. I've been getting more work too Man ain't that a bitch It's always something It's always like some crazy You know family emergencies and stuff And it's like hey here's a ton of work Oh great this is exactly the time I wanted all this Oh dude What's weird is that like we're so linked I think through this podcast And just you know the fact that we work together With writing I think that like when you Are that artistically bound to a person uh your lives also kind of coincide because i'm not going through like family i'm not going through what you're going through for sure but like you know i got family visiting which is it's rare you know what i mean yeah people don't normally come come and visit me and i have a ton of work so it's like it's weird dude no these kind of things happen all the time every it's yeah. like every time you or i bring something up we're like oh bro yeah no i feel you and we were broke boys together too for the past two months we've been like struggling god damn bro yeah <laughs> yeah to the point where we were gonna be like now that we're starting to come out the other side of that shit and and we've been doing a lot of preparing for <laughs> not getting back to that point ever again uh, mm-hmm. Just keep this ball rolling. We were mm-hmm. we were gonna do a, a struggle, just some struggle core on Agitator Z. Mm-hmm. But it's Oscar season, so we got some we got some shit to say about some awards and shit. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the Oscars. We're gonna do our own Oscars. We're gonna and do also, our own at the Oscars. End of, at the end of this episode, I wanted to do a quick. Uh, public service announcement because we got some we got some feedback recently every once in a while agitator will 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 touch hearts and minds uh, but sometimes it will also agitate people <clears throat> as you know with this podcast <laughs> oh yeah no where this is going <laughs> as you know with this uh podcast we uh we have kids right and the kids yell and uh, it's not an NPR listening experience. And so we got uh, a little bit of blowback from the Itchy episode of people who clearly had never listened to the show before uh, saying things like, oh, it's, it's impossible to listen to this with the kids screaming in the background. And so I would like to formally uh, invite anybody who has those kind of complaints to suck my dick from the back. Boom. And sign up at patreon.com slash agitated for more... For even uh, better episodes. <laughs> that are even less edited. Mm-hmm. Even noisier. Literally, the, the fucking Agitator Z episode off of Itchy was you fucking washing the dishes. <laughs> that was my bad. I had no idea it was going to pick up the, the water like that. It sounded fun. When I listened back, I was like, my God. Like, every time I talk, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great point. 
Hey, the dishes had to be done, bro. They had to be done. It sounded fine. Uh, yeah, and it's man, I um maybe not to the extent that like things get noisy on agitator, but my main gig being voice work, like I have to clean up like audio has to be crisp, right? Uh of course, yeah. So I'm completely capable of that. Uh so take from that what you will with the sound direction of this show. But which Hey, there are a bunch of people who love it, dude. A bunch of people love it. A bunch of people like there's some people who say that you know when they listen to normal podcasts they're like i'm I'm gonna go turn on some like what what did that dude say oh you have to turn on environment mode or something yeah i guess transparency mode or something yeah some fancy headphones he's got there so i can hear other other noise while i listen to these podcasts that are not agitator that's right um so anyway to the people who like the show you're cool i think i think even I was gonna say not like not to our extent maybe, but I think even audiobooks should have more texture to them. They should. I know. I know. I'm yeah. probably a point three percent opinion <laughs> on that, but mm-hmm. imagine hearing like the pages turn or like some birds in the no, background. No, I think that. No, I. I don't think you're like. I think a lot of people would think that if it actually sounded like a dude, you know, sitting by a crackling fire. And like every once in a while, he takes a break to take a sip of whiskey. I think that would be, man. I think that'd be kind of fire. That would be fire. I'm gonna start like anti audible. And uh. Yeah, yeah. I'll start anyway. with start with my books, I guess. And anybody <laughs> yeah, who uh, anybody who hires me, yeah. Anybody who hires me, you gotta clarify. You want this to go to the the mainstream or? You trying to jump on the, the noise rock into the noise rock arena? Oh, before we go, actually, I had one more thing. Uh, trying to think what it was. Oh, yeah, I remember. Thank <laughs> you.